Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another amazing episode of the Elements of Success podcast powered by Carbon Six. I'm your host, Joshua Porter, and I have a very special guest here today with me. His name is Chad Rubin. You may have heard of him before. If you haven't, stay tuned. You're going to learn a lot about him today. He is the founder of Scubana. Uh, he was a original top 100 Amazon FBA seller back in the day, and he's also co-founder of The Prosper Show. So that's some event that you've actively been to. Um, a couple months back in Vegas and probably the Prosper Think Tank recently if you were in New York or New Jersey. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to introduce my guest, Chad Rubin. Chad, how are you? What's up, Josh? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm awesome. Beautiful day here in New York. Yeah, it is. It is, man. So tell me about your experience on Amazon. You know, it's uh, it's rare that I bump into somebody that is a original top 100 Amazon seller, like one of the first FBA sellers in the space. Like in your experience, what has changed from Amazon back in the day when you started, which was probably like 2014 uh, to, to now? Like I imagine a lot has changed, but what are some of the specifics that you've seen change over the years? Yeah. So by the way, it's 2007, 2008 is really when I started on Amazon and you can see with the hair loss, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like to say I aged well, but um, a lot has changed, right? So margin profiles have changed. The, the industry has gotten more mature. Mm -hmm. uh, it's become much more pay to play. Uh, in the space, mm -hmm. certainly a lot more sellers because there's a lot more courses and a lot. There's been a massive gold rush to Amazon. Uh, so I'm a I'm like an original Game Boy here on the phone with you, right? Like an antique uh, who really started off going direct to consumer with my own Amazon brand, and uh, still have it today. So I have 500 in private label SKUs on Amazon. We have about a thousand over a thousand listings with the kits and bundles, and that business still operates today. And do you find that you're still staying in the same niches or have you expanded out into other categories or have you just found like that one groove that you stick with on Amazon and that's the one that you always like to actually sell in? Yeah. So I think you've seen this interesting change and evolution with a lot of Amazon brands. So I started off selling on Amazon and then I started building a, a software tool to help me efficiently manage my Amazon presence, which is Cubana. And found a conference to invest in. So I like to go where the puck is going, not where the puck is. Um, I've expanded. So initially, we just to answer your question directly is like, yes, I've expanded to many other businesses and diversified my business portfolio. But specifically on Amazon, uh, you see that I started off in vacuum cleaner filters and moved into coffee filters, then moved into cannabis filters, capitalizing on like different movements that have happened over the past over decade. And just going with that filter reference, did you ever explore the avenue of also doing cheesecloths and other kind of filters that could actually be out there in the market? Maybe car filters, something like that, AC filters? Yeah. Because it seems yeah, like so that's we've a done, We've done car filters niche. for sure. We've done all of it. The problem is, is that there's a massive commoditization with off the market, off the shelf goods from say like Alibaba, <laughs> um, which has leveled the playing field for anybody to be able to come with a very small capital investment. So there's no moat. There's no competitive moat in the space that I'm in, unless you're moving into, unless you're moving into like a, a high tooling cost product, you're going to be competing in a sea of other products with everybody competing on the same keywords with everyone, the same images. Uh, and it's a lot of Chinese brands and merchants coming as well. So it's extremely competitive and there's been a ton of margin erosion in the past, mm, I would say even five years. So, so with that competitiveness that you see right now in the current landscape of Amazon, back when you started in 20, 2007, which I was like, I think I was still in college at that time. Um, you probably had a lot more hair at that time, I would imagine too, uh, that 
what have you seen specifically changed when it came to the competitive nature of Amazon then versus now? I'm sure that it was a whole lot. Um, I didn't start selling on Amazon until 2016. So I'm, I'm fairly, I'm like a, uh, a green belt in comparison to your, your, your triple Dan black belt over here. But what have you seen as the, the biggest factors that have actively changed on Amazon uh, when it comes to competition, how to actually uh, yeah. mitigate that process? So, yep. Yeah, so, so many more loopholes, mm-hmm. um, so many less terms of service issues, uh, terms and conditions from Amazon specifically, like how to play ball. And the people that had the idea, the inception of a, of a product and did all the research are now forced to just be more than just product designers and researchers, right? They have to be advertisers as well. And I think that's a very, very big transition, not just because you can sell or come up with a product organically. It doesn't mean you can actually like run an effective business that includes all the other things that, that have to happen to be good on Amazon today versus back in the day. And that's because the market's so competitive. That's yeah. just one example. The other example I just want to share is like the margin profile. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, um, 80%, 85% margin profile, right? Now you're lucky to see, I mean, there's a lot of negative margin right now happening in the marketplace, specifically because the, the, the PPC inflation has happened. Raw material inflation uh, has occurred. Uh, and we're really in a mature market right now. And, and speaking of the maturity of the, the market and the platform, what, what would you say it actually took for Amazon sellers to be successful on Amazon back when you started, which is just like you found out about the program and you're like, cool, let me sign up. I can sell products from China. And this created this whole journey for you versus sellers that are coming into the marketplace now, now that they have to be active marketers themselves. Um, the, the profit squeeze that's happening on Amazon is affecting a lot of Amazon sellers. But is there still opportunity for Amazon sellers to be successful? Yeah, of course. I think there's a lot of opportunity, especially uh, a lot of empires are built in recessions and we're certainly in one right now. So I think that, and some of these brands, by the way, are going to have to pull the e-brake and figure out how to land the plane properly. There's tremendous amount of opportunity. I think you have to be extremely intelligent about how you're deploying capital right now and being a steward of capital and what inventory you're investing in and the price that you buy it at uh, and the keyword keywords that you're, you're optimizing for. Uh, so yes, I think there's still opportunity everywhere. Um, for me specifically, just so I can like candidly share with you, to me, like, and I'm 30, I just turned 37. So time is finite. And so I like to ask myself, where am I going to put my time that's going to maximize my impact on my family, on my legacy, and everyone around me? And for me, it's not specifically selling product on Amazon today. Although I do have a, a great brand on Amazon, it doesn't it doesn't light me up, and it's not where I where I put, invest all my time. So where does Chad Rubin invest his time now? Because you've you clearly have your hand in a lot of cookie jars, and I, I, we can talk about your new product in a little bit. But um, you've been all over the place, in my opinion, man, and you have a track record of success that I've never seen before, right? So top one hundred Amazon seller, original Amazon seller, back in twenty seventeen. You're also the co-founder of the original Prosper Show alongside A10 v- uh, Wiener. Um, you are the founder, the CEO of of, of Scubana, um, and just recently. At your at your most recent uh, venture at Prosper, you actually exited from Skubana uh, quite successfully, which is fantastic. And then you have uh, several other things that you're into, man. You you just you're you you have a, a legacy that you've already built, and you're at the young age of 37, man. So so tell me about all of this. Like, how'd the transition go from uh, Amazon seller to uh, starting the Prosper show to Skubana? Yeah. So 2007. 
selling on Amazon. And I always was looking behind me to see, okay, people are going to start copying me. They have to. And every six months, I'd be looking over my shoulder. Who's copying me? This is too easy. This is too easy. Mm -hmm. And eventually, it did catch up. And so uh, my account manager at the time was this guy named James Thompson, who is like the the guy at Prosper, right? He's like the main guy that was running Prosper Show and, 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 and really what I would call the CEO of Prosper. Um, he called me up. I called him up actually. And I was like, hey, I have a problem. Like I'm a multi-channel seller. I sell on Amazon. I sell on Magento. I sell on eBay. I sell in all these different places. I need a software that can put it all together. And nothing out there exists. And I was like, okay, why don't you invest? Are you interested in investing? And he had already left Amazon. He had all his stock options. And so he, he believed in us and he became one of our first investors of Scubana. Simultaneously, he was like, hey, but I'm working on something that's pretty cool too. I'm working on something called the Prosper Show to build a community for Amazon sellers. And it was just like the right place, the right time. It was serendipity. And you know, one of those cases of like who you know and who knows you, uh, where we all decided to align on the Prosper Show. So that's how that all started. It was really just dog, put it, dog fooding. Like here, let's identify a problem. Mm -hmm. Let's identify a friction point that exists and figure out a way that if we can, if we can solve this friction point, we can unlock nonlinear growth, right? And make a massive impact that you can see from the moon. And I think we did, I think we did that. And you guys clearly and then, so, Go ahead. I was just going to, yeah, I was going to share more of the journey, which was just the sale. So in 20, I want to say 20, right pre-COVID, we sold Prosper. And then during COVID, I sold Stubana, April of 21 last year. And going back to your initial question, was like, where do I spend my time? Well, after the sale, I helped with the transition and then I became the CEO of myself. And I think that's a really special place to be. And I just invested a ton of time into coaches that can help me achieve excellence in areas of my life that I was really interested in that I didn't have the time to explore being the CEO of a company and having close to 50 employees. Yeah, there's there's a lot of work that goes into building a company. And I would imagine that the amount of time, energy, and effort that you could dedicate back to yourself versus putting all that energy forward into the company to see it actually grow, um, you've, you can now look at it from, a, from like your own re uh, rearview mirror and say, you know, what I was able to do with these, with not only my Amazon company, but with the Prosper Show and with Scubana and all these other projects that I'm working on. What if I were to take all that time, energy, and effort, and I would actually apply that to myself? Where would I actually be able to fill out my skill gap in who I am? And it seems that you you clearly do a lot of things, man. DJing, CrossFit, you know, uh, going after a higher journey in life, a little bit of yoga and all this other stuff. Um, but sticking back to the vector of Amazon in regards to this, um, where did the nexus point of Scubana come into place outside of your own experience? And how has it helped out many other Amazon sellers? Because that is something that I feel like a lot of people would be uh, very interested in finding out. So had it, so I started for myself mm -hmm. and was our own alpha customer. Mm -hmm. And then our first beta customer was actually my biggest competitor on Amazon. <laughs> and, um, you know, since then, I think initially we were really building around the Amazon ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And I would say like 2018, we pivoted into direct-to-consumer brands that happen to embrace Amazon as a channel. It's not just an Amazon business. And Amazon's a great place to start, but never a great place to end, especially if you're putting all your eggs in one basket. So we started focusing on these direct-to-consumer brands like 
Lady Gaga or Justin Bieber's brand, many other brands that were out there that you've definitely heard of that you've seen on Instagram. And um, they seem to, Stubana seemed to be a really good, suitable solution stack for those businesses. And outside of doing supply chain management and inventory forecasting, pretty much everything that um, some of the more popular tools in the space uh, are now trying to actually nip the butt on, you seem to expand out of the Amazon ecosystem. And I imagine that this was applicable for pretty much any kind of uh, D2C brand that you could think of, anything that's on Walmart or anything that um, you could just find on any kind of social media. Um, where would you say that like the biggest expansion for Skubana came? Was it during COVID? Was it pre-COVID? Uh, where, where do you see the biggest growth of that of that software? Well, I think uh, it's funny. Like, there's no one specific time where we saw growth. We saw growth consistently throughout our period at Stubana, mm -hmm. but then COVID happened, mm -hmm. and we went from bricks to clicks, and we went from being in the offline world to the, to being in the online world, and that escalated very quickly. And suddenly, overnight, hundreds of brands needed to go direct consumer. Amazon FBA facilities were at capacity, if you remember. Yeah. And some of these brands didn't have merchant fulfilled enabled and they needed to figure that out quickly. And Subana enables you to be able to have both FBA and FBM. So uh, I would say COVID was a very dramatic increase to the business uh, under a very a terrible backdrop, obviously. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was, it was rough for a lot of people financially, but it was, as you mentioned earlier, that during recessions, there's often time for growth. And that was not only an emotional recession for a lot of people in the United States, but financial, but um, gave a lot of Amazon sellers the capacity to actually grow their brands in ways that they've never, that they never even thought of. I actually know a lot of very young Amazon sellers that started during like right around the height of COVID and they still have successful brands to this day. And they can all thank themselves because of that um, due to the consumer consumeristic nature uh, that we live in. But when it comes to that, um, you've transitioned from uh, being the CEO of Skubana, creating this fantastic tool that helped out so many Amazon sellers and brick and mortar sellers to then selling your brand, uh, selling Skubana during the, the tapering end of COVID um, and at, at, at something that you actively created, which is Prosper, to then moving over to a new software that you just announced not too, uh, not too long ago today on LinkedIn called Prophecy. Uh, tell me a bit about Prophecy and what's the overall uh, benefit of Prophecy? So I always like to build for myself first. And so when I sold Stubana, I went back to working on my e-com business. Mm -hmm. So remember, I said we manufacture home appliance parts. So the name of the company is called Think Crucial. Mm -hmm. We make home appliance parts and we sell them direct to consumer. And that business hasn't gotten a lot of love for me, right? Because I was so busy running a different business and I'm not a great parallel entrepreneur. Like doing many, many, many things all at one time is very difficult. And so... Um, I went back into that business. I started uncovering problems. And a big problem I found was like, how can we grow as a company? We can either grow profit by increasing our PPC spent. We can cut out any expenses that we don't need, right? Duplicative expenses or things that are just like soaking up some dollars. And I think the biggest lever that we can be pulling right now is pricing. So I started figuring out, okay, well, how do we know what is an optimal price, right? Like Amazon shoppers leave behind incredible amount of clues about their behavior, their preferences, their searches. A lot of this is available in the API and a lot of this is available through other data sources. And so how do we essentially 
create a product similar to Uber has surge pricing or Airbnb has smart pricing or Expedia has changing of pricing, how do we apply this to actually an Amazon brand? And so I started optimizing for profitability, building a, a data science algorithm so that we can have the same superpower that they have and analyzing these data points in real time, right? With machine learning, with statistical science, with uh, economics to pinpoint the optimal price. So Prophecy is a direct-to-consumer Amazon repricer that's built to change pricing dynamically and optimize for profit automatically. And what are all the the key data points that you say that Prophecy is factoring in when it comes to um, figuring out this absolutely algorithmically perfect price point? Um, for end users and end consumers? It- yeah, it's a, it's a lot, right? So there's so much data on Amazon. So if you type in garlic presses, you can just see yeah. right away what's happening. So you have your ad spend, you have mm-hmm. the traffic, you have keywords, you have the reviews, you have the recency of reviews, the quality of the reviews, the quantity of the reviews. Mm-hmm. You have traditional price elasticity models that you can build out. You have your competitor's BSR and your own BSR. So there's all this data that you can use to predict to predict demand fluctuations, just like high frequency prop traders that are in the financial markets right now, you have the retail traders that just buy and sell stocks and some of it's driven based on fear. And then you have people that are actually using data science and models to accurately figure out when to buy and when to sell and arbitraging that difference in a basket of stocks. We're doing the same thing, but we're doing that for a basket of ASINs on Amazon. So, so how would this tie into, let's say hypothetically with all the, the data points that you just kind of threw out there, if I were to just take like two of these data points and try to extrapolate it out and just kind of get my, my mind around the algorithm that you're building with prophecy, let's say hypothetically, my competitor has a better BSR than I do, but I have a higher price point. Would the prophecy say in order to actually get you the most optimal outcome to actually increase sales based off of your inventory level and their inventory level historically, also factoring in seasonality. They have a bit more inventory. Um, this product is not seasonal. You have, uh, you, have, you, have, you have less inventory. We should increase your price because their BSR is lower, but you also have less inventory. So therefore, we're going to try to actually continue to have sales uh, cleanly across the board for your product while they're to increase your BSR over time. Um, would that be something that, that your tool would actively figure out or how, how would that go about? Yeah. So I think that right now you've mentioned like three, roughly three metrics to evaluate, mm-hmm. but we're talking about billions of data points flowing through a model, just like on Instagram. If you're on Instagram, or if you're on Facebook, when you hit like on something, or if you spend time on something, mm-hmm. the algorithm is picking that up and learning from itself, which is called reinforcement learning. Okay. And there's too many data points to actually pick up to really understand what's happening. And by the time you figure out what the proper price is, the perfect price has already been expired because the market has changed. So that's why it's such a beautiful problem, right? There's so much data and there's so many data points and BSR is one of them and inventory position is one of them, but that's just two data points. And for a human to properly analyze this, it's too much. There's no way that a human can analyze this data properly. And that's what we've designed, right? To mimic an algorithm that a very large software company has created and making this available to Amazon brands and to aggregators and to agencies across the United States. And the overall benefit of this, 
of, of prophecy per se is to not only just, it's, it's not only just to like increase overall sales for Amazon sellers, but to help them get a better understanding of their own listings. So is this is, I would imagine this is essentially dynamically doing all this for you behind the scenes without you actively having to put in too many data points. You essentially just hook up your ASINs and it's able to actually start analyzing your listing and saying like, uh, based off of historic, uh, uh, historical records of your, uh, of your sales on Amazon and uh, all the data that we're able to actually uh, aggregate from this particular niche and category and your keywords, we're able to determine that this is the correct price point for you at this exact time. And then let's say tomorrow it actively changes. Does this we factor refresh in? your pricing. We're mm -hmm. refreshing your pricing dynamically on Amazon for you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big difference for, between what's happening in the SaaS space right now on Amazon is like there's all these dashboards that give you all this data that confuse you uh, and you have to analyze it and figure it out for yourself this product is actually hitting the yes button and doing the optimization for you. So you put in your inputs, you put in your cost of goods sold, you put in your floor price, you put in your ceiling price. And based on that, along with your all-in costs from Amazon, your fees, the software will constantly change price for you at the right time, at the right place for the right shopper on Amazon and do that for you day in and day out to help you make more money, more profit. That's the, that is the goal, is to help you make more dollars. Okay. I, I can get behind this, but let's say hypothetically, if I were to put my uh, uh, play devil's advocate, when it comes to uh, the educational styles that have come out in the Amazon space uh, over the years, they would often say that changing your price point is, 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 will negatively impact your BSR and your sales. Also help your, uh, also hurt your listing by uh, potentially uh, lowering your index, uh, index conversion on that. What would you have to say in regards to that, that your tool would counteract this process? Like if you were to drop yeah. price by a so whole So a couple model. of things is like our model is built so like we, we built a model where you don't sacrifice BSR. So you can make more money and not sacrifice BSR and the algorithm understands how to do that. I would say that most of those people that are speaking, whoever you're speaking to, I would encourage them to be able to build a model that takes into account all these data points and understand what the impact on your sessions are and your conversion rate, because that changes over time. Mm -hmm. And now Amazon just started launching hourly session and hourly conversion rate data right? Intraday data that you can pull that information on an hourly basis to understand, okay, day parting, how do we optimize your price at the right time of the day at your highest conversion window at the highest session window, and then change the pricing dynamically. And we're not talking about big changes. We're not talking about 40% swings. Yeah. This is not what we're doing. We're making small incremental changes because small levers swing big doors. And so we're making small changes and the algorithm understands the impact on BSR because we've trained it over the course of the past year. And, is, and, and how big is this window that it's actually taking into place? So let's say hypothetically, I'm selling a product that's, uh, that's $35.97 and it's bringing the price up just by pennies to $36.03. Is it going to hold that price until it gets a certain number of conversions on that before it starts to actually bring the price down or bring the price up or seeing how long someone's taking into account of how long they're hovering over my image on just the basic catalog page? Uh, because this sounds, this sounds like incredibly complex and like, Bless your heart for coming up with this, man. This sounds amazing. It's a beautiful challenge. I'm super excited to tackle it. And we right now in the current phases, so like Prophecy is still in beta, right? So mm -hmm. we actually are, are still in beta right now. We just launched a pretty big brand in beta, but our first results from beta are a increase of 10% profit mm -hmm. and increase of 30% in BSR. Increase meaning like an improvement to BSR. So it's a decrease, but you get it. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question, but we're showing some amazing results. And right now we're doing daily price changes. We're not doing it hourly just yet. 
but this is like the future, right? And we're first, we're a first mover. Nobody else has this technology. Um, I think there's a lot of hype that's out there where you have like a lot of rule-based systems that are masquerading as if it's true AI, but it's really not AI. It's just a bunch of weak logic or rules that's driving uh, the software. And that's, that's not what this is. This is uh you're going to cause a lot of fights saying that one right there because uh, there's going to be other softwares out there that are probably going to listen to this and be like, mm, Chad Rubin's up to something. Um, w- with, with that, right, um, with that being said, I imagine that your experience with Skubana and what you're able to actually do with Skubana dovetails perfectly in what you're actually, what you're actually uh, going after to create with Prophecy. Yeah, I mean, I think Skubana was solving a different problem, right? Mm-hmm. Skubana is solving the order management inventory problem. Mm-hmm. And it was like saying, okay, Amazon doesn't talk to Shopify. Shopify doesn't talk to Walmart. Let's connect these pieces in a platform so that there's proper efficient communication where there's inventory levels that are being optimized. And I think that software is all about how you can become more efficient as a business. Um, in my latest new venture, I'm about effectiveness, right? How can a software enable you and empower you to be more effective? Uh, effective is like, how do I increase my profit by 10%, right? That's effectiveness versus like most of the SaaS tools that you see today on the market are dashboards and show you profit. They have drop downs for profit, for sales, for a costs, but this is, this is a different beast. And it's a, it's one that's like, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying the process. So, so based off of your experience being, and I'm glad that you are, cause uh, I've, I've, I don't have anywhere near as much experience as you do in the SaaS environment, but I've, I've definitely had my toe in this space, especially when it comes to Amazon uh, for, for a couple of years. But based off of your experience of being not only in the SaaS environment, but the e-commerce environment, where have you seen the evolution of software and where do you see it for uh, going uh, further on down the road? Because this is something that I'm, I'm actually rather passionate about. I love to see the fact that you have these uh, machine learning algorithms that are actively able to help Amazon sellers get the most optimal out of their business. Because as you were mentioning earlier, the margins for being successful on Amazon have actively shrunk over the years from being roughly around 85% to luckily, if you're good enough, you get anywhere between like 20 and 30, right? If you're actively killing it. So I'd imagine with this evolution of software, this is designed to actually give sellers back that, uh, that profit uh, that they once would have had but in much smaller capacities, but just make it more consistent. Yeah, yeah, I think, so you mentioned my LinkedIn post earlier today and I, I, I outlined, outlined it there, right? There's three buckets mm-hmm. of softwares. You have what I consider vaporware, <laughs> you have softwares to help you become more efficient, mm-hmm. and then you have softwares to help you become more effective. And I think that we're migrating away from efficient softwares or dashboards or things that just compile data to a point that software actually in, enables you and does the work for you. And this is true AI functionality. Now, true AI is hard to achieve. And so there's a lot of companies out there that are, you know, on their headline of their site, it says AI, blah, 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 right? And those softwares are doomed to fail because like most Company, most companies or even sellers like myself, we get under the hood of that software, we, we realize the car doesn't drive, mm-hmm. right? We realize that we were sold a bag of goods and we'll never trust that company again. And so I think we're just moving into this space. And that's probably the way, by the way, that's why I created Stubana. There's a lot of vaporware out there. There's a lot of software tools that made a lot of claims and didn't back it up. And so that's why I am so, so, I have so much conviction around what I'm building right now because I can actually back up the data. I have results to show for it. 
And I know it's just not like another Me Too offering or another software out there that's that's hyping up AI, but really is just a bunch of rules or a bunch of dash pretty dashboards or lines that further confuse you. And I think the confusion on Amazon softwares today where they just throw a bunch of shit on graphs that's hard to read is contributing to margin compression on Amazon today, con- contributing to the fact that like sellers really don't know what their true profitability is on a per skew basis. This is a real problem. And um, I'm hoping that a lot of these brands can like come through it. But yeah, I'm, anyway, hopefully that answers your question. But uh, I, that's where I see SaaS going today is like not only showing you stuff uh, to confuse you or, or tell you what to do or, or showing you data that you then have to take and like figure out what to do with it versus actually doing the work on your behalf. Yeah, that that is uh, that's something that I've seen as well um, in this environment is uh, one when it comes to Amazon sellers that they really don't understand if they're profitable, how much they're actually profitable. They essentially have to rely on the dashboards to be able to tell them that and uh, either relying on dashboards or relying on spreadsheets and spreadsheets are, are doomed to fail. You can just have one wrong input and you can just break your entire table and relying on uh, dashboard analytics tools. Um, you're trusting that their information is 100% accurate. So you can easily sign up for three or four different solutions that can give you slightly the same metrics, but can be completely off in other areas where it comes to ACOS or conversion or tacos or, uh, or your CPC or your headline sponsored ads, whatever it may be, uh, whatever kind of metric that you're actually pulling together. But to get that true profitability, to see where you can actually put your money back into your business, to actually be able to grow your business the way that you want and to actually make this journey worth it is something that is often thought about, but never executed on. So you're taking a, uh, I'm not gonna even say a dangerous, but a, a daring adventure to actually go down this road, to be able to figure out the true totality and the true metric of what people can actually bring back to the table and what's beneficial for their business. And man, I gotta say, this is, this is gonna be an exciting journey. Um, for everybody. Do you have anything else that you want to add to it, Chap? Um, yeah. I mean, like right now you have not so much money being spent in the Amazon space, right? You're in the aggregation space, but on the software side, but there's aggregators obviously on the Amazon side and they're bringing a lot of money to the table. And this industry is going to further evolve to the same kind of automation that Wall Street has today, right? Where you have prop trading desks controlling massive amount of volumes and repricing uh, automatically. And I just think that this is this is the future, uh, and there's no better place to do this but on Amazon, right? Because customers are very used to the commodity business of Amazon and price fluctuations. So I think this is a very very cool thing that we're building. I'm super optimistic about it. Our results that we're showing so far are incredible. We have a wait list of 50 people, and I'm excited to really bring it out to the rest of the world once we once we launch. It's going to be an incredible competitive advantage, right? So you can't like just like blackjack, you have to win. Like the dealer typically wins 51% of the time, mm-hmm. right? 51% versus 49%. Those are the odds, and the odds get even that much better with a profit model that we've built where you can constantly just like overtake your competition, really win incredible amount of market share and dollar share. You know what I have to say in regards to that, that, that I think is like really cool. You mentioned this one, this one aspect when it comes to stocks, I was, uh, um, what comes to my head with potentiality of prophecy, especially with this ma- machine learning algorithm that you're building out is the ability to do micro pricing where it's like a, a 10th of a penny, um, to see what's actually going to change. And if Amazon would actually roll out something where it's a 10th of a penny on a, uh, on a product 
to actually see if uh, that's going to be a marginal difference. Because just like when you go to the gas station, you never actually just see it rounded as the pennies. There's always the tenth of the penny that's actually factored in there. Um, which is pretty interesting. But then to also be able to do what Wall Street is able to do with New York Stock Exchange and being able to have these uh, unique tools out there to do uh, micro and nano transactions on the day uh, to be able to actually get that, that incremental profit uh, margin and then timing that together with day parting. I have a feeling that this tool that you're building out, Prophecy, uh, which is spelled P-R-O-F-A, uh, SEE um, will be able to actually do a lot for Amazon sellers in the coming years and that this will actually change the landscape of the way that uh, that software is actually built, the way that software is used and the way that software is designed. Um, with that being said, I really want to thank my guest, Chad Rubin, uh, former uh, former co-founder of Scubana, uh, current founder of Prophecy. Uh, all his information is going to be linked below in the description. Um, uh, if he had a little bit more time, I know he's got to hop on another meeting. I would talk to him about his DJing, CrossFitting, and uh, his other extracurricular activities. But we could save that for another conversation. Maybe we can get Chad back on for uh, a round two when it comes to uh, listing optimization and what's actually necessary for, for to grow your business uh, efficiently. Uh, but with that being said, Chad, any final words? Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, and lastly, probably just one thing to share. I just, I'm putting a period or exclamation mark on what we just discussed is trying to find software that can give you a competitive advantage. And I think early adoption of new softwares enable you to do that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, well, with that being said, uh, I'm your host, Joshua Porter with the Elements of Success podcast. I have my lovely guest over here, Chad Rubin. All his information is going to be linked below. Uh, if you guys want to hop up to the, uh, the early beta testing list for Prophecy, all that information is going to be below. You can sign up. We'll share this on LinkedIn. We'll get this out. And uh, we want everybody to have a fantastic day. And as always, happy selling.